Coming up on episode 54 of Anchor Persons. Easy Kamala, easy go. One fish, two fish, red fish, goo fish. From Del Taco to Hell Taco. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice Cream's back with a crappy invention. And what does the Omicron variant have to do with wearable technology? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the Northwest, the land of trees and rivers, now in 60 shades of gray, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. That's us. I have a question for you, Gene. How many of these shows do we have to do before we're related? Uh, Well, I mean, that's that's not the way it works. I don't think. Well, I, I thought we were, you know, building something here. I guess, I guess we have sister brother wives. We're related through marriage. Okay, that's good enough for now. I mean, at some point, I do want to have a talk about where this relationship is going, but sure. All right. Well, I'll tell you where it's going right now. It's episode 54. I can hardly believe it's episode 54. That puts us in an exclusive club among podcasters, you know. And to celebrate, we're going to get bombed out on Quaaludes. Oh, look, it's Truman Capote. Nice. All right, let's get into tonight's story beats. Uh, So this is a little unconventional. I've done all my story beats on one story again. Uh, And it's the story of the plumber who found the cash stored in uh, Joel Osteen's megachurch. Oh, bro, you're kidding me. Really? Because I did a whole bunch of jokes about the cash in Joel Osteen's megachurch. Well, this is remarkable. It's almost like it was planned, except I had no knowledge that you were going to do that. No, we would never write or coordinate any element of this show. Believe me. <laughs> Still, it makes good fodder for a story beat off. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. When asked for comment, the plumber said, Mama Mia. A plumber found cash in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which, to put it in terms Osteen will understand, is approximately 60 facelifts. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. It makes sense that Joel Osteen would hoard money in this way, because look at him. He's clearly got some squirrel DNA in there. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Seriously, he looks like the unloved love child of Joan Rivers and Martin Short. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Osteen is lucky it was a plumber and not the big bad wolf. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. He plans to donate the money to medical research for a cure for whatever the fuck is wrong with his face. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Luckily, he didn't look in the attic, or he would have found God's stash of adrenochrome. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Just kidding, Joel Osteen would never donate money. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which explains why Osteen has such a firm policy on locking the doors. A plumber found cash in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, 
an amount which is for Osteen what finding $24 is for me. So if you do some research, you can figure out my net worth. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. In response to this news, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau dressed in blackface. A plumber found cash in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. If whoever took it wanted to hide it someplace Osteen will never go, I'd suggest heaven. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. When asked how he got the money, Osteen volunteered that he'd contributed some embarrassing sex stories to a company that offered him $1,500 a pop. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. If he wanted to hide it where Osteen would never look, I'd suggest a Bible. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which proves my theory Joel Osteen is a really old-timey bootlegger. A plumber found cash in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. If they wanted to hide it somewhere he doesn't care about, I'd suggest leaving it with anyone in the world except Joel Osteen. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, but on closer inspection, the money wasn't U.S. legal tender. No word yet on what Osteen intended with his trove of Jesus bucks. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, and then gave it back for some reason. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which isn't unlike what the plumber normally sees on the job. A bunch of shit. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch and thought, you know who could use this? A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Osteen was reportedly saving up to buy a single HDMI cable from Best Buy. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch. Wait until he sees what's stored in the crawl space. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which prompted the New York Post headline, Cash Stash Found Where Osteen Pugo Splash. A plumber found cash in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, an amount I could literally retire on, but which wouldn't buy Osteen a wristwatch. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which is a tactic usually used to avoid paying taxes, but this is a church. Am I missing something? A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which is handy, because money is always tight at Christmas. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which cannot be to code. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which can now be upgraded to a hyper megachurch. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, which explains the rules of insulation in his safe deposit boxes. A plumber found cash stored in the walls of Joel Osteen's megachurch, whoopty fucking shit. Yay, we got through it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All Good right. times. Yay. Okay. Moving on to uh, main news. Main news. Main news. We love it. It's news. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, for my main news story, the news news story, I want to talk about uh, the Omicron variant, uh, which mm -hmm. is the new scary COVID that is uh, coming to Grinch everyone's Christmas. But from what I have read, early reports are that it is not as dangerous as the strains that are still more prevalent, although it is highly contagious. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a natural cycle for viruses to go through, uh, at least a lot of them that, that mutate this quickly. They uh, become better at transmitting and worse at killing, which actually makes them more successful in the long run. Right. So, I mean, we're all going to just get COVID from now on forever. Well, and the fact is, actually, that a lot of times what we call the common cold is caused by coronaviruses. Right. Right. So that's the thing is it's going to make the shift toward a more... I don't know that it's going to get as 
basic as the common cold, which can still be deadly, but usually isn't. It's going to be more in the in the territory of flus, which also can be very deadly and are serious. Yeah, I mean, um, depending on the year, you could have 60,000 people a year die of the flu. That's, you know. Right. The flu is, is nothing to scoff at, which is why I found it so silly that people were saying it's just a flu when people were talking about the coronavirus. Because, like, the flu kills so many people. You know, um, you could say the flu is nothing to sneeze at. It's a little insensitive, but it is hanging You could right say there. that, and I could also slap you it's a respiratory disease yeah no i i appreciate the the, the pun that you made <laughs> i tried it's I tried. Fine. yeah I, I i did i did read a story today that the omicron variant uh, may skirt by the protection provided by the pfizer vaccine the BioNTech vaccine that uh i got three doses of um unless you had had uh, COVID before, in which case uh, it supposedly provides a pretty robust um, immuno response. Well, I got two hits of the good old American J&J, mm -hmm. which is, you know, cheap, readily available, and apparently better than all the other ones. In the sense that it it's working very effectively against the virus, not in the sense that the company it comes from. Well, I mean, none of these companies are good. They're all full of bad people. But Johnson and Johnson, man, it just rankles me the way they're doing this legal maneuvering down in Texas. Yeah, a couple of real cocks. Get yeah. it? Because it's Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's dick jokes. That's 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 what we do now. Dick jokes. Yeah, that's. What else do you need? Slipping further and further into fallacy. That's very good. You should be proud of yeah, that one. I am. All right. So what does that have to do with wearable technology? As we continue to see the power and innovation in our new technologies increase, our computers have moved into our phones. And then our phones moved into our watches. Digital assistants made the leap into our living rooms. And now we have smart security systems, smart thermostats, smart TVs, and even smart light bulbs. Next up, or eyewear. Amazon has already released their version of an augmented reality glass, uh, glasses, and Apple's will be as available as early as next year. It's hard for me to imagine needing that technology. I am perfectly happy with the glasses that I wear, and unless they have a bright red model, I'm not a candidate anyway, because that is my signature. It's me and Bruce Valanche out there. That said, I also... Uh, I, I said at one point that it was hard for me to imagine wearing an Apple Watch, and that has made a lot of things better for me. I've only had it for like a week, and it's already made a lot of things better. So I remember when I was happy with my Moto Razor phone and didn't want a smartphone. Now it's strange to even imagine what life was like before, even though I lived it. The, uh, the technology is always going to be there, and as long as there's a profit to be made, there's there's going to be companies out there trying to find new ways to sell us that technology and make us more reliant on it. One of the bigger selling points, I guess, of the glasses is that they enhance privacy, meaning only someone wearing the glasses could actually see your phone screen, or in Apple's case, have the data projected right onto their retinas, which is an interesting notion. But uh, do I need to be playing Candy Cut Crush while I'm also watching TV? like through my glasses and, and what are the ram ramifications of, of this shedding of our actual reality? 
Have smartphones and wearable tech really made our lives better all that much? Or are they just, are we further disconnected from the things and people around us? Now, I'm not judging anyone. As I said, I have an iPhone and an Apple Watch. I just know that innovation comes at an expense far beyond the asking price. And I think these are important questions to ask. Because on the one hand, you have a society quickly disappearing up their own social media-enabled assholes. On the other, you've got peripherals bordering on functioning as an artificial pancreas for type 1 diabetics. you got a portable heart monitor and a Dick Tracy-style radio watch, which is kind of neat. Well, before we get into talking about how these two things are connected, I actually have a lot of thoughts on wearable technology. I might be able mm-hmm. to squeeze some of them out of my mouth hole. Great. Um, now... The thing is, is the, the problem of, of uh, wearable technology and particularly being able to access the internet at any time has basically destroyed civilization. Because It really has. You, you've yeah. got people walking around no longer participating in reality. And when you throw in these glasses, it's literally people walking around hallucinating all day long. Right. And that just seems like a recipe for disaster a bigger disaster than the disaster we currently live in. I don't know that it's, I mean, so if I'm walking around in my ear, but with my earbuds in and I have the AirPods, I do. Um, I'm, I'm actually doing it to dampen the environmental noise because I have some sensory issues. Um, but, uh, I, I don't consider myself to be hallucinating. So I don't know that we can really, I don't know that that's a fair comparison. Well, you're you're engaging with stimulus that is not coming from your immediate reality, which is not a medical definition of hallucination, but the effect is the same. Is that you're and it's for you it has a therapeutic value that uh, you know when when your immediate environment is too overwhelming, you can turn on some all things considered. Well, in my case, it's usually white noise that I put on, but yeah. Oh, oh, you like those alt-right podcasts. Okay. What? I didn't know that. No, 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 no. Like, like the sound of almost like television static, just at a low, never mind. I mean, you're just having me on. Well, it makes sense I just realized that uh, Gene's been trying to get me to get Ben Shapiro on the show for ages. And I've been like, no, no. (laughs) Now it all makes sense. See, the thing is, I'm terrible at sex. (laughs) (laughs) My wife told me that if a woman ever has an orgasm, she is in imminent danger of death and needs to go to the hospital. (laughs) Uh, Ben Shapiro is so fun to make fun of. He really is. It's like, it's, it's, it's evergreen. It really is. It's almost not fair because he's such a little twerp. It, it feels like bullying regardless of our relative social statuses, but we, well, we still got to connect wearable technology to, uh, yeah. So that's where we're at. It's time to start drawing these lines, but this is a pretty easy one too, because like, you know, the, the wearable, the, the eyeglasses that we have now that are augmented reality glasses are just the newest, latest iteration of the same basic technology. Right. And And Omicron is just the latest mutation of the same basic virus. And like wearable technology, Omicron is probably going to become ubiquitous 
Right. And, right. Um, it's going to spread rapidly throughout the population. And then at some point, it just, it's everywhere. Right. And like wearable technology, it'll make people miserable, but it'll just be just the tiniest addition to their existing misery. So they're not going to worry about it too much. They're never going to really even realize that their lives have gotten worse. Right. Right. They're just going <laughs> to, they're just going to blame everyone else who isn't them for how messed up their life has gotten uh, and how much they disagree with everyone and can't seem to find the bridge to another person's humanity in order to like, at least have a conversation about things that is civil because they're not having those conversations in person. They're having them online where there's no requirement to be civil. Right. Because nobody online is real. See, this is the basic problem with wearable technology is that the technology all exists to give you access to a dream world. All right. Mm -hmm. If we're, if we're not talking about, you know, pacemakers and, and insulin pumps, we're, we're basically talking about things that let you access the internet, uh, a horrid mm -hmm. nightmare escape that frankly, we probably should never have even invented. Well, you know, there's, there's some hope that at some point, you know, one of these, you know, giant solar flares or the polar shift could maybe damage that infrastructure and, and, and maybe it's gone for good. I mean, I know it's not likely, but you know, we, we could survive without it. I think if the internet went down for three days worldwide, like, yeah, it would be a catastrophe, but it the, would, the survivors would, would think, you know what? Maybe that's better. Yeah. Maybe we should just go back to writing letters to our local newscasters. That's very good. <laughs> Speaking of which, we'd love to to have some letters. We love um, letters. I, I love the letter V and the letter G. Oh my God, the letter G. The letter G, definitely one of your favorites, as yeah. we know. So, there's, so wearable technology, you know, is technology... Robots are technology. Omicron sounds like the name of a robot. It does. That's definitely a transformer for sure. Right. So there's another connection. Good work. Good sleuthing. Yeah. Yeah. Professional journalist here. Thumbs in invisible suspenders. And, you know, like, like a smartphone, like mm -hmm. a, a smart watch, like a smart toilet, whatever they have now. It's mm -hmm. you're never you're going to say, "Oh, I don't want that." And then eventually you're going to wake up and realize that you just have it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you won't even see the symptoms coming. Right. You're just no. going to be, you know, minding your own business and all of a sudden, what's this thing on my wrist? Why does it tell me to do things? Here's, here's a notion I have. Uh, maybe the next technology is, you know, some kind of nose ring, smart nose ring that you put in your nose that allow you to smell smells that aren't really there. And um, maybe that causes people to lose their sense of smell, which is also a symptom of the coronavirus. There you go. I like that. I mean, you're reaching a little bit at that point into speculative fiction, but I do enjoy it. 
Well, speculative, speculative fiction, speculative journalism, it's all the same bag of speculative garbage. Right. I mean, that's what we do. And uh, we're professionals, so. All right. Well, I feel like we've we've joined these two. We've married these two pretty effectively, don't you think? I think we actually, yeah, we did a good job on this one. <laughs> this one was a slam dunk, frankly. Kudos. I'm patting yeah. myself on the back over here. Hell yeah. All right, let's move on to breaking news. So plastic, it's horrible. We all know this. It's cheap to manufacture, but impossible to destroy. And right now, researchers are looking for ways to either break it down or replace it. Well, some researchers in China have found a novel material to replace plastic. The sperm of salmon. Basically, salmon sperm contains a material that, when bonded with vegetable oil, forms a squishy material called a hydrogel. Once moisture is removed from the hydrogel, it becomes a rigid, plastic-like material. The scientists have used the stuff to make puzzle pieces, a cup, and even a model of DNA, using this process which they've dubbed aqua-welding. The bioplastic is also able to be made for about 3% of the emissions needed to make regular plastic, so that is actually kind of huge. This new bioplastic can either be dissolved by DNA-eating enzymes or by dropping the item in water. So it won't be waterproof, which makes the cup less useful. Unless you want to taste that rich salmon sperm flavor. That said, this is one of the first plastic replacements developed that actually has a smaller footprint than the material it's meant to replace, so that's something. So if if you'll allow me... I'd like to raise my glass for a toast to these scientists. Ooh, that is <clears throat> viscous. Gene, you really raised my hopes with this one, telling me there was a biodegradable plastic that gave 3% of the emissions of regular plastic. And then he said, oh, but you can't get it wet. Right. You really <laughs> fucked my like, head up. It's 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 gremlin technology. <laughs> I mean, there was a time on this planet before plastic, everything was made out of wood. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could go back to those times. Kudos to you scientists for inventing a plastic that you can't get wet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there will be applications for it. That will be you. It will be a useful substance. We need as many breakthroughs as we can because maybe this breakthrough leads to the next, the next material, and maybe they find a way to make it waterproof. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, let a thousand flowers bloom, just don't let it rain on any of them. <laughs> right. So, how about your uh, breaking news story, Greg? Well, this is a, a news item that I have seen reported a lot of different ways depending on uh, which news outlets you favor, whether you like the the more mainstream liberal corporate media or whether you like the more right-wing corporate media. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of staffers are leaving Kamala Harris's office. Uh, it's, it's just kind of a mass exodus. Um, some of the big ones are like uh, Simone Sanders, who's not the good Sanders, if you guys aren't very politically aware, She's the shitty Sanders in American politics. Yeah, the good Sanders is Colonel Sanders. Oh, Colonel Sanders, peace be upon him. 
But um, but everyone's leaving Harris's office, and of course they're all saying, "Well, you know, it's nothing personal. We just got jobs with different media outlets, whatever." But her approval rating is very, very low, and about the only person who was on her staff that has left who is willing to talk about why she left says that staffers in the Harris office face a daily barrage of soul withering criticism. And that is a huh. that is an actual quote from this young lady. So You know, I I I, I could see Kamala Harris being that kind of boss. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's a vicious tyrannical girl boss. I believe it a hundred percent. Like, I appreciate that she can get things done, although she hasn't she hasn't really been very effective as a vice president so far. No, well, but then but then the president hasn't been very effective as a president either. So Right, exactly. That. I mean, that's the thing is they would like to do something with their day, but they wake up at nine o'clock and they call the parliamentarian and they say, Can I do anything today? And um, the parliamentarian says no, and they go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a this is a fun, inspiring story. Um, at least people are, you know, th- this is this reflects what's going on in the nation pretty much across the board. People are leaving abusive work situations. Right. Nobody wants to work a shitty job anymore and everybody acts like it's the end of the world. It's not, man. This is the beginning of the new world. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we are through breaking news, it is time for our fake true story. Now, you might have read about this one. A chef undercooked a shepherd's pie, uh, which he then served at a church lunch, uh, killing one person, sickening like 31 other people. The only people who were spared severe food poisoning at this church lunch were the three vegetarians, so I fucking told you so. Mm-hmm. Now, we he got a suspended sentence for this because uh, he does feel bad, but he also knew at the time that he hadn't cooked it properly or stored it properly. So while we grieve this needless misfortune, we imagine how it might have been averted. No time to check the temperature. I've got to get over to the church. Stop right there! Gordon Ramsay! That's right, you fucking donut! Now cut into that and tell me what you see! It it, it looks a little under, Chef. It's raw, you fucking donkey! Do you want to serve raw lamb at a bloody church picnic? No, Chef. I guess I thought... You thought! This lamb is so raw it's ready to follow Mary to school! I was short on time and I wanted to serve something. Slap two pieces of bread on yourself and serve an idiot sandwich. Chuck it in the bin. Shut it down. What should I do instead? You go stick your fucking head in the oven. I'll use my super speed and heat vision to cook three dozen beef wellingtons and fly them over. Thank you, chef. The best Gordon Ramsay impression anyone has ever done. <laughs> it was really good. It was not. It was bad. No, no, no. It was British and it clipped the mic. That's about all I can ask for. 
That's that's what I was going for. <laughs> Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brose, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brose wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brose, the podcast for those who drink rosé. All right, it is time for Touching Tips. This week, as we enter into December, Touching Tips is about staying warm. All right, you want to start these guys off? Sure. My first tip for staying warm, and this is kind of a no-brainer, but if you're cold, I recommend getting closer to the item you're looking for. Forget about a beach body. During the warm months, when food is plentiful, build a thick layer of fat to nourish and insulate yourself for your winter hibernation. Dressing in layers is overhyped. Undressing in layers, on the other hand, wow. Although being on fire sounds like a good idea, not having skin will actually cause you to lose heat more quickly. Space heaters start a lot of fires, but that's because you're using them on planet Earth, which is off-label. Wait 10 years, and when you're dying of dehydration in a climate refugee camp, look back on your childish desire to be warm and laugh bitterly. Alright, now that we're done with that, it's time for sports! Folks, I want to talk to you about a sport that I think is not so much in practice anymore, but maybe we ought to bring it back. Stuffing a bunch of people into a car. Oh, yeah. Now, this was like a fraternity thing way back in like the early to mid 20th century, which is like historical times now, funnily enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, like fraternities would used to see if they could fit all their brothers into a Volkswagen bug or some shit like that. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that it's a stupid, pointless, funny thing that in the age of TikTok would go mm. a long way. So why don't we bring this one back? I don't know. Why don't we? Zoomers don't like cars, I guess. Maybe that, that could, that could be a factor, but Really, we're, we're kind of forcing a lot of Zoomers to sleep in cars. That's you true. Know, they, as, they've already been as, in a car all day. They don't. That's, that's, that's the thing is, like, they can't afford rent for a regular apartment. So if they do have a regular apartment, they're trying to cram as many people as possible into that apartment so they can afford the rent. <laughs> so we're already kind of, we're bringing it back. Just not, not the way we want. Plus, also, I got to say, now that I'm saying it, maybe this particular era of history is not a good time to get people jammed together in close proximity. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's that, too. Social distancing should be observed. But here's here's the thing. When we when this is all over, remember when we used to say that a couple of years ago, like that was ever going to be a thing? <laughs> We're about to enter year three of covid. When this is all over, we're going to start uh-huh. cramming people into cars. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Moving on from sports, it's time for a creature feature. This week, the blobfish. Public awareness of the blobfish is fairly recent, but in short, every photo of the blobfish looks like it should speak in Squidward's voice. They look like a slimy pile of sad amorphous flesh. And that's kind of what they are outside of their natural habitat. You see, the blobfish 
is an opportunistic feeder that sits on the ocean floor waiting for its prey to swim into its mouth. It doesn't swim fast because it doesn't need to, but on the ocean floor there's water pressure and the blobfish looks very different to the decompressed version that most of our photographs show. The blobfish looks pretty disgusting, and it absolutely is. It is completely inedible to humans, believe it or not. But that doesn't mean it's off the hook, so to speak, because the blobfish is endangered. You see, overfishing of the bottom of the ocean has some pretty terrible collateral damage, and these guys get scooped up on the regular. Sad. Also, I used to work for a guy that I'm not entirely convinced wasn't a blobfish in disguise. I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm not going to say his name on the show, but I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) And yeah, I I totally agree. Blobfish would be one of the animals I would liken him to. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move on to the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather, Okie, Dokie, and Artichokey. All right, um, I guess I'll start these guys off. For my Oki weather, I want to talk to you about uh, the original Oki from Muskogee, er, Merle Haggard. Now, a lot of people think they don't like country music because mm-hmm. the only country music that they've heard is like Toby Keith. Right. But there's another strain of country. You heard it in the 60s and 70s mostly, but it's still out there. It's called Outlaw Country. You go to... Texas, Oklahoma, get away from the Nashville scene, and Mm -hmm. you find your outlaw country singers. Merle Haggard was one. Now, he was just an absolute mess of a human being, but a delight to listen to if you want country music that has a different flavor than the stuff that you hear on the radio. Yeah, I like a lot of the uh, kind of older country. I like uh, Johnny Cash, and I like uh, Merle Haggard. Um, Tennessee Ernie Ford. It's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. You would also like, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Yes. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Thank you. Yeah, I'll. Uh, well, hell, I'll I'll send you a link to some stuff. But I'm a I'm a huge fan of his. And um, yeah, there's you know, fucking Willie Nelson. Forget about it. Right. You know. Right. There's there's a lot of guys who were in their own country scene. That, you know, the the stadium country, the the dipshit country that is on the radio now, it's pretty much exclusively mm-hmm. the fault of Garth Brooks. Right. And although right. I do I do enjoy some Garth Brooks songs, he did ruin so country do I. music. So do I. But yes, he did. I mean, he 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 kind of introduced the formula that is what what country music has become. And I think he knows that, too. I think he feels a lot of guilt in his soul over what he did to country music. I mean, he did try to become Chris Gaines. Right. That's not the action of a man who feels good about himself. I'm just saying. All right. So my Okie news, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, HBO series Watchmen. Now, I know that Alan Moore didn't want it to be made, and I do respect that. But Damon Lindelof gave a very sound reason why he was still willing to tackle the property, and it checks out. Is the series perfect? No. Neither was the original graphic novel, but the series did a really good job of telling a story set in the world of Watchmen that was modern and relevant, and I enjoyed it a lot. And it's set in Oklahoma. That's why it's my Okie weather. All right. Well, for my Doki weather, 
Doki's a hard one to come up with stuff for, so I just thought I'd let you all know that a doke in certain regional dialects in the UK is a depression or dimple. Fascinating. So, for my Doki news, some fans of Dexter and New Blood have noticed a familiar voice in episode one. Now, in an effort to avoid spoilers, I'm not going into much detail, but I will say that someone has dropped off in the town that Dexter currently calls home, and that person is dropped off by a trucker. Some fans contend that the trucker's voice is eerily similar to a character played originally by Eric King, Sergeant Dokes, who was killed off in an earlier season. Was it a cameo? I have no idea. But it would be kind of fun if it, if it was planned that way. Now for my artichoke weather, I love this story and I am excited to share it with you. There's a doctor from, my, from Miami, Arturo Carvajal, who mm-hmm. went to a restaurant in 2010, ordered a whole artichoke, but didn't know how to eat an artichoke. So somehow he managed to eat every bit of it. He ate- What? Yeah. I don't even know, man. I can't tell you. But somehow... That's like seriously dangerous. Well, and it was. Because he got down every bit of this artichoke. Don't ask me how. And he uh, had some stomach trouble after that. Yeah, you don't say. And it was so bad that he sued the restaurant for failing to explain the proper method for consuming the vegetable and for disability, disfigurement, mental anguish, and loss of capacity for the enjoyment of life. Which I I don't doubt. I 100% believe right. he experienced right. all those things. Check, um, check, check. But like, okay, first of all, what is the restaurant that is just serving people whole artichokes? Right? That's I've just, never seen that. That's just not a thing you get in restaurants. I mean, I make them right. at home. I Yeah, same. I, I love an artichoke at home. But I've never seen a restaurant serve a whole artichoke as like a dish. And then just to plop down an artichoke. And at some point, somebody in that restaurant's got to see that guy is like going top down on an artichoke. And you're like, What's, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right. So I, I, I got to say, I love artichoke pith and I love artichoke hearts. Mm-hmm. So good. God, I'm hungry right now. I know. I, I completely forgot to eat dinner and now I just wish I had a delicious buttery artichoke to eat. Yeah. Well, you can debate the validity of pineapple on pizza until you're blue in the face. I'm good with it or without it. You can talk about your favorite toppings. We all have them. Sure. But there was a pizza spot in Grants Pass the town I grew up in for years called Fatty's and Fatty's Pizza did a pie that featured an ingredient I'd never had on a pizza at that point artichoke hearts let me tell you what it was everything I didn't know I wanted artichoke hearts remain to this day my very favorite pizza topping now I can see that because you also get a lot of flavor from the brine when you get the right the, the canned artichoke heart you get this you get this nice almost it's it's kind of sweet but also kind of sour oh it's so good and it goes with almost every topping you can put on a pizza well and you know what's interesting is that the artichoke contains a chemical that actually does make things taste sweeter yeah so there's yeah there's a lot to love about an artichoke me personally there's nothing i like better than just Steam me an artichoke 
I'll, mm-hmm. you know, suck that delicious pith off the leaves and, uh, you know, get up in there, get that heart out of there and just go to town on it. Sure. The sure. artichoke heart soaked in butter, or in my case now, olive oil, mm-hmm. uh, is a thing of genuine beauty. I've got a cure for our hunger. <laughs> Or, or you do, more appropriately. As you know, every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. And this week, Greg Person has the story. Folks, if you like tacos, and if you don't, stop listening. I don't want you to hear this show. It's not for you. <laughs> but if you, if you love tacos, I got some bad news. Del Taco, the only actually good fast food taco chain... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to throw Chipotle in there as well, but eh, I don't know. Okay. But I don't know. They're, they're not, Chipotle is not as good as Del Taco. But Del Taco slaps. We all agree. But unfortunately, yeah. they've recently been acquired by Jack in the Box. Which is like the worst possible company to take it, over a fast food restaurant that, that slaps. Right. Because Jack in the Box is abhorrent. It's just like it's really bad. Everything they do is half-assed. Yeah, they they cook in like two-day-old grease. Oh god, it's so awful. And have you ever had a Jack in the Box taco? It is the worst fast food taco in the world. <laughs> it's like it's a a folded corn tortilla that is is cooked in that greasy fry water that or that fry grease that has been around for at least three days at that point. With, like, a teaspoon of questionable meat and a slab of American cheese. They literally and just then some hot sauce. Put like it's slices of American. This it's like a taco that you would get in the fifties in Minnesota. Right. It's also probably the number one vector of E. coli. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, well, if they're buying Del Taco, maybe Del Taco's quality will cause Jack in the Box's quality to go up. No. That's, it doesn't typically work that way. No. No, that's not how it's going to work. They're going to make everything about Del Taco cheap and shitty and um, it's well and overpriced because that's the other thing about Jack in the Box. They're not only the worst oh, yeah. fast food restaurant, they're also one of the most expensive. Well, you know, Del Taco's kind of pricey too, but I'm willing to pay the price at Del Taco because I know that they use really good ingredients and that the flavors are there. Like, for real, Del Taco Fry, my favorite French fry. Well, and, and not only that, but they also have a great value menu. So, Oh, I that's mean, true. If that's you true. Only, if you only want to spend a couple of bucks at Del Taco, they got you. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also, they do burgers better than Jack in the Box does at Del Taco. Right. And that's that's the thing. Like When your burgers and fries are better than the burgers and fries restaurant that bought your company, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, that really is sad news. Del Taco's about to get way worse. Um, I'm bummed about it because I could still enjoy an Impossible Taco. And those are excellent. Uh, I see. Oh my god, I'm so hungry for Del Taco now. I know. We gotta get it now while it's still good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
Well, let's move on to the podcast shopping network. I'm going to talk to you today about something that, well, it hits a little close to home for me. The old saying goes, I scream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. But what if we're screaming because eating ice cream is so goddamn dangerous? I can't tell you how many times I pulled a muscle in my tongue while enjoying a scoop of ice cream. I can't tell you because it's never happened, but that doesn't mean it couldn't. And then there's the mess, because ice cream melts and the melt will drip, and you could slip on that. Then, if you unevenly lick your ice cream, at some point the whole thing's going to fall off, unless you rotate the cone, but then you risk injury to your wrist. You can try eating it out of a cup, but then you're working with dangerous spoons in awkward containers. Damn this world! This terrifying world! Where you can't even enjoy an ice cream without all of this danger! Well, luckily, an inventor patented a plastic contraption that solves every one of these problems. It's the motorized ice cream cone. You simply put the existing cone in the plastic holder and press a button. The mechanism will spin the ice cream cone, so all you have to do is stick out your tongue. Is it 100% safe? Tongues plus moving parts? Maybe not. But it's a damn sight safer than eating ice cream unprotected. Barebacking ice cream is the leading cause of ice cream-related injuries today, and I, for one, am glad that someone finally did something about it. The motorized ice cream cone was a dismal failure of a product, I'm not even sure what the retail price was because I gave up looking after a few sites listed it as discontinued. Well, I mean, you really hit on the danger, but I'm just glad somebody took all the work out of eating an ice cream cone. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not a young man anymore. You still got to, I mean, out of the eating process. Yeah, you still do have to scoop it up and, and put it in the cone. And then you have to move the cone to the plastic cone. But, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't have to I don't have to do my own licking motions now. I can just stick my tongue out. That's true. And sure That's you pay true. a little bit more for convenience, but you know, anymore at my age, you know, you start a cone of soft serve and you're just worn out by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I really gotta make sure that I have the spoons for ice cream. All see, right. See what I did there? I I, I... <laughs> wasn't going to acknowledge it. Moving on to state up, our, our weekly review of all the states in the union this week, the state of Pennsylvania. Contrary to their name, they didn't invent pencils, but you can buy them there. If you like snow or rain, steer clear of Philadelphia because it's always sunny there, unless my TV has been lying to me. In Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to play Hungry Hungry Hippos. Too noisy and it glorifies hippos. La Penis Navy is a Pennsylvanianagram. You can get a free plate of Scrapple at any city hall, but you don't have to. Pennsylvania is known for being much louder than its counterpart, Tellersylvania. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. Our headline haiku this week, a cocaine shipment was found floating off the Florida Keys. It weighed 69 pounds. The haiku. Nice. 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 
Nice. Nice. Nice. Nice. Nice. Nice. As always, I'd like to give a shout out to the bros at Brose and to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find on Fiverr or at his website, awestprod.com. And of course, thank you, all of you who tune in every week or download every week and listen to these two guys talking about, you know, rotating ice cream products and tacos that they love and how Ben Shapiro is immensely hateable. Yep. We were going to talk about this stuff anyway, so having you guys around to listen in just makes it that much nicer. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic, and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time... This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying... Garth Brooks hates himself. Good night. Thank you, thank you. And for my next trick, I'm going to clear this clogged toilet and fill it with $600,000 cold hard cash. It's a trick I like to call the Minister Switch. Yes, thank you.